Welcome to Teen Talk. It's a podcast for teens by teens. Your host for this episode is Jenny D. Our goal is to meet you where you are and reinforce that you are not alone. Proudly sponsored by Mountain High Appliance. Hi, it's Jenny D from Cozy 101.1, and I'm talking to two amazing individuals today. It is Ritwick. How about you uh, introduce yourself, where you go to school, how old you are? Yeah, my name is Ritwick, and I'm 17 years old. All right, and we were talking a little off uh, the air, and you were talking about FBLA, Model UN, like you're involved in a lot of clubs. So, I mean, you're used to social interaction and kind of that, that environment. Has that been different in the last year and a half for you? It definitely has. As with Model UN and FBLA, they're both um, obviously in-person academic clubs, and mm-hmm. you're surrounded by people just as um, passionate about whether it's FBLA or Model UN as you are. And you, just being surrounded by those people, it not like it motivates yourself and it pushes yourself to kind of push the limits in these respective extracurriculars. But with COVID and it being virtual, it was definitely much harder to interact with these other people and and it was a very like casual environment in both FBLA and Model UN. But with COVID and with Zoom calls and Zoom meetings, it definitely felt less social, more awkward. And that's something that we definitely struggle with having more people interact with each other with the Zoom and even with the black boxes. But yeah, definitely looking forward to going back in person. And I think it's harder to to get a read on people like I um, you know, I, I talk for a living on a radio show where there's really nobody in the studio with me. But um, like on a on a conference call right now, like we're doing kind of situation where it's, you know, you're in your own environment. You're, you're maybe a little more relaxed, but I think it's harder to kind of to feel the vibe of the room, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was an officer. Well, I am an officer for both clubs. So that means I assist in running the meetings mm-hmm. and. For example, in Modeling When, we have a world news segment where we try and talk about world news, get some different opinions out there on recent events from people in the club. And you first introduce the event and then kind of an open floor. People get to interject their opinion whenever and the conversation goes on. And it's definitely hard to, other than the interrupting and like two people trying to talk at the same time, (laughs) it's kind of hard to see other people's reaction Mm -hmm. and then gauge like, like the impact of what you're saying. So if you're trying to say something and you're trying to have a purpose and try and instill something in someone else, you can't tell if that thing is actually instilled by their facial expression. You can mm-hmm. only just assume from the black box. Yeah. And there, and I think you're taking a lot on faith and a lot of on assumption of like how it's being construed, if they're getting your message. If uh, I mean, one of the things I love most is sitting in a room full of people and just talking back and forth and it being loud and my whole family was growing up, you know, we were loud and boisterous and um, missing that over the last year has been, has been hard because I feel like you get so used to one way and you're trying to figure out, you know, what's the new social norm? I mean, with the exception of the clubs and stuff like that, have you enjoyed being able to go back and see your friends, like be out and about of your house and, kind of that aspect of like your personality coming out that way too yeah definitely it's been fun to go back in person and I felt myself becoming 
more of myself before the pandemic as well. And mm-hmm. obviously safety first. Um, my made sure myself and all my friends were fully vaccinated and we were taking necessary precautions when meeting. But mm-hmm. it was great to see them in person after nearly a year, if not more than a year of just online stuff. And as great as FaceTime is and talking with your friends via those online methods, it isn't the same as being in person and interacting with them directly. As, well, and did it? Yeah. I don't know if it felt like this to you, but the first time I got to hang out with my friends, I was like, it was like awkward a little bit. You're like, hey, what's going on? Like, I got actual pants on. Like, I'm excited to see you, but you kind of lose that little bit of camaraderie. And I mean, you find it again, and I think that's one of the joys about being together. But like, it kind of creates more of that social anxiety that I already have, like on a daily basis. Like, so I don't know if with you too, like, you're kind of. You're a little nervous about seeing your friends again because it's been so long. Yeah, it's definitely been a while, but like these I still remember that these are my friends and I kind of just click instantly with them and just mm-hmm. get back right into it cuz as awkward as being online is and you kind of at least me personally I lost a lot of my social skills, but I found that right when I started hanging out with people it didn't come back immediately, but it came back eventually. And yeah. it was just right back into it. And I felt um, more able to interact with other people than maybe I was during the pandemic. Do you feel like there's anything that has triggered you? Like anything that even now when we're starting to get back to to open that, that kind of gives you that little bit of hesitation thinking like, oh my gosh, like, okay, what what is this? Like start panicking a little bit about being out and about and you know, and how do you interact with some people that you haven't seen in years? Um, do you mean panic in terms of COVID and like COVID? Like or just, more okay. just, I would say more like the anxiety of, okay, so what's normal? Like I, the other day, it was so funny. Um, I, had, I hadn't seen somebody for a long time. So I went to go do a high five. You know, like I'm super, super like crazy, like a high five lady. And I'm like, can we even do that anymore? Do you like, you don't know if people are comfortable with it. And, you know, things like that, little things like that make you have the anxiety and the panic of like, am I doing the right thing by high-fiving or should I do elbow still, you know? I definitely have that um, social anxiety, I guess, out and about hesitation to interact with people because obviously COVID, I don't want to interact with um, people I don't need to because of COVID restrictions because more people you interact with, the higher chance of contracting the virus. But also... I found that, yes, I did have that hesitation, but I kind of look forward to like look on the bright side that it'll eventually go back to normal and I'll eventually kind of gauge the vibe of, oh, is it okay to give a high five or just an elbow, that type of stuff. So I thought that I would eventually um, get that skill back of trying to read the mood Mm -hmm. of each person I'm interacting with. And I think that a skill will come back as we go back in person more and more. Yeah, I think so. I think you get a little more comfortable with it. And now that, you know, a lot of people aren't wearing masks, too, you can see, you can read their facial expressions, like you said. Like, it's nice to have, like, those those obvious, like, I can see that they're okay, they're smiling, they're happy to be out here, too. All right, so, Sarah, how about you uh, or, um, introduce yourself to you? Tell us where you go to school, how old you are. Um, I'm Sarah, and I'm 16. All right, so what are some of the things, Sarah, before COVID that you really love to go and do that you feel like you still haven't quite got back to? Um, I used to go after school a lot, 
to get extra help from teachers. And I also used to go after school to hang out with friends or go out to eat or something like that. And it's a little different now because you do have some friends that are that are okay with it. And, you know, there's other other people that their their families are still kind of being really like patient and very careful, cautious. Yeah, well, especially because um, when we did do school, we weren't allowed to go after school anymore because they couldn't track mm-hmm. where you were. Or And also that with a lot of parents, they didn't want their kids staying out where they don't know where they are and don't know who they're with because they yeah. don't want to get COVID. So in, we we'd kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, like social anxiety, is that has that always kind of been a little part of your world as well, your life? Um, when I was smaller, I think mm-hmm. so. And especially when I moved to Longmont, it really started. But after a while, I kind of let go of it. You get more comfortable around people, your environment. Yeah. Um, so a mood is a huge thing. I mean, that's. You're, yeah. you're starting over completely in social situations that you you maybe get a little more comfortable with. Yeah, especially it triggers when you don't really know anybody, like, at all. You mm-hmm. don't have at least one friendly face around you, so you don't right. really know who to turn to. And that's hard, too, I think, with the COVID situation because, you know, once we get so comfortable with our family group and our friend group and being able to go out I mean, all of that changed, and we had to come up with a whole new way of living our life and dealing with the triggers that all of a sudden, like, I mean, I had done very well with my anxiety. Um, All of a sudden, COVID hits, and then it's, you know, things started popping up that I hadn't dealt with in years where I'm like, oh, my gosh, okay, I don't want to go there. (laughs) Like, I'm worried about going to the grocery store now. Like, I don't want people to, you know. (laughs) It's so weird. Like, oh, my gosh, they're going to judge me because I grabbed the wrong kind of peanut butter. What, you know silly things like that that go through our heads but like they're not for us they're not silly there's something that we had to really deal with in COVID did you guys have that yeah I think I did a lot especially like I'll be walking across the street and I'm like oh my gosh like I'm walking across the street that's so embarrassing like people are watching me (laughs) yeah and and it's one of those things you said you did cheerleading right yeah yeah so I did cheerleading too I do a radio show, obviously. So I think that it's 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 interesting to me, and it is so encouraging to me to see you guys when you are dealing with social anxiety, being able to 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 continue to find new ways and to continue to grow as an individual. So you're not scared of some of these things anymore. And being a cheerleader had to have been hard with social anxiety. I know, like, this girls can be mean. Well, yeah, especially because in cheerleading, I've been doing, um, like, competitive for a Mm -hmm. really long time, and I've been on the same team for a really long time, so I bonded with those girls, and we had a lot of trust in each other because, you know, we were throwing each other and flips and all that that could (laughs) potentially hurt each other if we didn't do it right. But going into a new team where everybody already knew each other and already had trust and bonded with each other, it was hard because, you know, like, I was kind of just there. Yeah. And that's a, that's, that's a hard situation that I think for anybody to deal with. And if you've already been having some social anxiety things, like you said, you go into this room, there's not a friendly face. And sometimes all we need is that one person to, 
you know, to help make us feel a little bit more ourselves to center us. And then, you know, we can, we can show our true selves. Like we can, we can be a little more confident in who we are. And I feel like, you know, that doesn't stop no matter what situation you're in. But with the last year of not having, now I do, I'm like, oh, okay, how do I do this again? <laughs> how do I be strong and confident and go and talk to strangers? Because that's not something that I've, you know, I've ever really been 100% comfortable with. Yeah, seriously. But so how do you think, like, if somebody were listening right now, how do you think you would tell them to to help them with their social anxiety if they're wanting to do stuff like cheerleading or uh, a club, the FBLA? Like, how would you tell them, like, you, um, you through it? Um, honestly, I just said to throw yourself in there, you know, jump over that wall because it's not going to help to kind of tiptoe around it. You just have to, like, literally throw yourself in and start talking to people because it's not going to – you can't just wait for somebody to come to you. You kind of have to make that first move. And have you ever been, like, in that situation where you you made that leap and you weren't so proud of yourself on the other side? Have you ever – um, I think, yeah, like if they turn out to be really mean, but, you know, I have a lot of hope in people, so I kind of just keep going and, you know, like don't lose hope if just because this one person doesn't like you or they're mean to you for no reason, then you just go to the next, like, just leave it be. Right. Thank you. Next. Bye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be that way. And I think that you have to keep trying. Some of the best moments in your life, I'm sure, have come from you being brave, taking that step, and being able to enjoy. I mean, being competitive for cheerleading and doing all that, like, that's a huge thing. Like, girl, that's awesome. And for you to be able to start over with a whole new group of girls and still have the confidence to go out and do it, like, that's that's brave. I love that. Yeah, especially because, you know, a lot of girls can be mean, super mean, and especially um competitive girls it's just 10 times mm -hmm. more it's like why can't we just lift each other up i don't understand that. <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> but i would like to say that we don't see that in later in life too but we all know that um i'm not good at lying so <laughs> <laughs> but i think you've already started to kind of see like the core group of people around you the you know those those are your tribe those are your people that get you through whatever i mean it's it's been a lot of women along the way that I've met in radio and throughout any of my careers. Like there are some really amazing people that want to help you, want to lift you up, want to make you your best person. Keep those people around you and keep your circle small if you have to, because anyone else who's not trying to push you in the right direction, you don't need that anyway, especially as we go through social anxiety every day. I feel like we, we need a really strong tribe around us too. Um, how about for you, Ritwick? Like, has there been a moment when you really had to step outside that box and it was like the best feeling experience ever? Yeah, definitely. I've had actually quite a lot of those and even pre-pandemic as well. And I found that the main pushing factor for kind of getting over that wall, like Sarah was saying, is um, the people around me that are pushing me to do it. So if there's an opportunity or a club to join, that someone would think I would be really good fit for. And I would be like, uh, I don't know. And they kind of just push me, whether it's my parents or my sister or a friend, 
they kind of pushed me over the edge. And then I joined just one meeting and I absolutely love it. And I stay there throughout my high school. And that's actually what happened with Model UN. And I think just getting over that hump, um, listen to the people around you and uh, also taking the advice of people around you. And also in terms of trying to talk to someone else, if you don't know anyone in the room, find most helpful is that when I go up to talk to someone, I remember that they're also human. So like there's a 90% chance that they also understand that I'm trying to make conversation with them mm-hmm. and they're going to make the effort. Um, they're going to reciprocate the effort. So yeah, like they're yeah. probably feeling just as awkward as you are. They just the same thing. Like we all have that little bit of a pause moment. And if we can just press play on little tiny moments like that and do that throughout the day, I feel like that's one of my things. Um, because growing up, it was a little different for me. My mom was agoraphobic. She wouldn't leave the house. Like, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things where you are trying to push yourself just a little bit more. So I found myself when I went to college, I, I will say yes, at least once. Like if I try it once and I don't like it, then I know I don't, this isn't for me. But I always try once, try to do something once that scares me maybe a little tiny bit. But it's something that I feel like every time I do, I feel proud of myself for like, a little outside my conference, getting outside a little tiny bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not a very big quote person, but one quote that very re- that resonated with me a lot, I forgot who said it, but it's that you learn your you learn the most about yourself in the most uncomfortable moments. And I realize that's so true because if you're trying to approach someone, you discover like, hey, do I am I genuinely extroverted or am I introverted? And that's why I think it's important to keep on seeking for those uncomfortable mm-hmm. moments yeah. and not with the goal of making them comfortable, but just experiencing mm-hmm. them and having a more diverse outlook. Yeah. I'm an extroverted introvert. That's what I say. <laughs> Cause it depends on the day. There's, there's a lot of situations I think. So what would you want people who maybe don't have social anxiety to know that might help them understand in moments like this? Like what, somebody completely on the outside. I think um, it's easier said than done, but to put yourself in the other person's shoes and always try and understand the other perspective. And that's what I found is most important because even though I may not fully understand that other person's perspective in just generally speaking, um, I find that if I actually make the effort to try and see it from their perspective, I actually learn a lot. So even though it's not a perfect emulation, if you put yourself in that other person's shoes and try and see it from their perspective, you'll be more understanding and then you'll know how to respond back and go forward with it. All right. How about you, Sarah? What do you, what would you want to tell somebody who doesn't have social anxiety about like what you go through? Um, I would want to tell them that um, just looking at a person that you don't really know or that you've never talked to before you don't know anything about them. Everything, everyone is going through something and someone with social anxiety can be just sitting there and be overthinking about the whole room, overthinking that everyone's looking at me, oh my gosh, like, or what if they see me, like, this is so embarrassing. That I think people should know that because our mind can tend to race about little things. And, and we overthink that is the perfect way for it. Like, we could look like we're serene and on a beach in our mind and it's we're thinking about every single thing that we did that day or how we did something differently or 
Uh, I mean, there's so many different ways. I, I, like, I think that people with social anxiety react to different situations. There's, there's not a lot of calm going on in the moments that people don't realize. So be kind, right? Yeah, definitely. So what helps you with your anxiety real quick? Like, is there something that when you feel that anxiety coming on, you're like, okay, it's time for this. Like, do you use a breathing technique or anything like that? Um, I kind of just tend to remove myself from the situation. Like, go, like, I don't know if I'm at school, just go to the bathroom for a few minutes and just chill out, you know. Or I will just kind of, like, try to remove myself mentally if I can't leave the room. Um, you know, music or anything like that. Put my head down. Something simple, you know, like nothing too big that I need to leave or anything like that. That's good. How about you, Rit? What do you do when you feel that anxiety coming on? Is there something that helps to kind of calm and center you? Yeah. What I found that works best for me is that I kind of look into myself and like think, do I want to be here? And also, in a way, what do I get out of being here? Obviously, not in a super selfish manner, but like, mm-hmm. if something is not serving you well, and it's only serving you harm, then you should get out of there, whether that may be mentally or physically, like Sarah was talking about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just ultimately, listening to myself is that like, do I truly want to be here? And then I go forward with there based on some of Sarah's techniques. Yeah. I like it. I think that's great. I think removing yourself from the situation is a really important one. And for you guys to know this at such a young age, and I know you're 16 and 17, so you're not, you know, you're not babies, but you guys have already learned some really important things. I think that it takes a lot of people years to find out about themselves. If it's not serving you well, I like that you said that because I feel like it's the same thing. You have to see what is the situation, like the benefit to me, and is it outweigh basically the anxiety that I'm going through. So I think you guys are doing a fantastic job. You have been brave in so many social situations. And, you know, I wish when I was younger that I would have had friends like you guys too, like the the ones that think outside the box and think about other people in the room. You guys have said that several times today, like just wanting to be kind to other people because you know what you go through on a daily basis. So that would be my little thing is that keep doing what you're doing and keep being that kind person to other people because I think there's a lot of people out there that go through this and they don't have anyone to talk to. They feel like it makes them like as a weakness. And I will say over the years, I've had moments at that where I thought it was a weakness, but it's really one of my strengths because it makes me more compassionate. And you guys definitely have that in spades. So thank you both for everything you do. Reach out if you ever, ever need anything. Um, because I really, I'm just, I'm proud to be here talking to you guys about this. And I know it's a very grown up subject, but thank you for weighing in and showing people that even at 16 and 17, you can get it. You can be that kind of person. So thank you.